yeah, that was that was one. But the other one is Kim Jong Un. Um, and I don't know if we have any listeners in North Korea. We are a global property. We know that. But Kim Jong Un um, shot a 38 under with five holes in one in one round. But wait, yeah. it gets better. It was the first round of golf he had ever played. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I have heard that story. I hear he's a great marksman, too. At the age of, uh, like, two weeks, apparently, he was a, something like that. Anyway, uh, we don't have any listeners in North Korea, but that's only because they do not make us. They make sure we're not available um, there. And it's probably good because we'd probably be dead. Welcome to Wait What? Sports Biz Chat with DP and McGee. This is the podcast where we take a unique look at the world of sports, sometimes irreverent, sometimes cynical, and on occasion, serious. I'm your co-host, David Paro. And I'm Tim McGee. Well, it's Super Bowl week, and we couldn't not try to get an episode in advance to show up our prognostication prowess. So with that, I will turn it over to you, Tim, and uh, ask you uh, what's on your mind. Well, I know you're playing sick today, David, so thanks for doing that. I guess you got a bad case of Super Bowl fever already. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I love the athletic, right? I, you know, I subscribe, I get, I get it every day. I try to read, you know, articles that are richest to me. But they, they had a headline the other day that says, uh, you know, the Chiefs and the 49ers will not be staying on the strip. Here's why. And I'm like, what do you mean here's why? You keep them away from the – the hookers in the casinos. That's why. <laughs> oh, I mean, come on. <laughs> Our friends at the NFL wouldn't like to hear you say that. Well, and, well, well it's and, obvious. And, and of course, it's obvious. Yes. <laughs> Are you saying the NFL would like them to be near the casinos no, and the hookers? It's so, it's so yeah. simple. It's, it's just. It's, it's an article yeah. that doesn't need to be written. It's so right. self-evident. Right. Yes. But, uh, but listen, uh, you know, sponsors are, are there. The media is there. Teams are obviously in the town practicing. Um, Commissioner Goodell moved his uh, annual press conference from Wednesday of Super Bowl week to Monday, brought it into a locker room in Allegiant Stadium. Apparently, they did not provide um, a lot of uh, 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 journalists who had previously received a credential to go to that press conference um, to attend this year's, uh, you know, they say it was because of, uh, you know, it was a smaller, smaller venue, but um, some people believe that they uh, deliberately kept out journalists that have been more antagonistic or, um, you know, uh, confrontational with, with uh, Commissioner Goodell. But be that as it may, um, I heard it was a good event. Obviously, media day in general is crazy. Um, Travis Kelsey, I, I don't know why, maybe you can enlighten me, but he apparently had a lot of media attention while he was uh, doing his media availability. Yeah, um, I'm guessing it was a little case of the uh, aforementioned from a previous episode, swift doting. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, you know, th that whole scene has gotten, it's gotten a little, it's gotten a little crazy and, and like oh, so many other things that we have to deal with now, uh, you know, it's become politicized. Uh, I think they overdo it with the times they shoot Taylor Swift when she is watching a Chiefs game as well. But she's, 
you know, arguably the most successful entertainer in the world right now, maybe not inarguably. Um, she happens to have this relationship with a really good football player in Travis Kelsey. Uh, and it is drawn a lot more attention to the sport. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of what it is. And I think it's going to add to that much more hype and, I mean, not that Travis Kelsey isn't going to draw a lot of attention on his own, because clearly he can, just by the, the nature of the role that he plays on this team. But, yeah, it's, you know, as if the NFL needed an extra dose of something else. They they obviously got it here uh, during this season as that relationship blossomed that she became part of every Chiefs game, it seems. Um, I know you like to uh... – you know, you like to make predictions, right? And one of the big predictions that you make or like to make each year is what is the, what's the viewership going to be like on the, uh, on the Super Bowl broadcast? Yeah. So, yeah. Do you want to do an over? Do you want? I, I agree. Do you want to do over under? Do you want to actually bet a number? Well, well. I mean, maybe we discuss what we think the over over under should be i think the over under is like 116 million now yeah i mean i think last year i went back and i think last year it was uh 110 was over under and it was slightly right. under right um, and i'm gonna go i'm a, and i'm gonna go over i mean i think it's gonna be a record and i think it's gonna be nor, north of 116 million yeah i don't i can't i can't argue with you i think uh I, I think that's what it's going to peak at. Now, a lot of it's going to depend right. on whether or not she makes it to the game, right? Because she's flying back from Japan. Listen, we're 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 doing the over under on the peak. Yes, not the not average. The average. <laughs> that, yes, I would agree. I know that Usher is performing. <laughs> Maybe she just goes up and you know hits the stage a little bit. I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be wild. And you know what? It, it has the makings of a good game. We can talk about those predictions maybe at another point in the show, but I'm really excited about the game. I have to say. Yeah. I think it's going to be a great matchup, right? We talk about Travis Kelsey. He's a hall of fame tight end, right? He's not some schlub, right? That she's dating. No, he's, no. he's, he's a, he's a great, he's great, great tight end in, in sort of the, uh, the mold of a, another former great chief tight end, uh, Tony Gonzalez, right? And then you've got George Kittle on the other side, who's, you know, maybe not a Hall of Famer yet, but he's certainly on that trajectory. And, and he's one of the most focused players you'll see, right? I mean, he, he has a little bit of that uh, angle, and, and um, he has made it his cause to get back to the Super Bowl and try to win it too. So he's, yeah, he's, you know, he's no slouch either. No, no, and there's great players on both sides, uh, both teams on both sides of the ball. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I don't know what the line is. Uh, maybe you know, but I don't. I don't know if you want to wait to the end of the show to make our predictions or go for it here. Yeah, let's. I, I got no problem making them now. Yeah. Um, I'm not. You know, I quote the uh, the inimitable Sean Morrissey when we were going to Las Vegas and uh, for a Kia meetings. And uh, somebody said, Sean, I didn't know you liked to gamble. And he said, only with my health. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel the same way. I right? I I don't bet on the game. I don't. It just to me, I enjoy watching the games and watching the ads. I don't need the addition of having, um, you know, having a what do you call it? A, a, a bet on the um, 
on the game in order to uh, in order to enjoy it more. And I'm not saying, you know, what they say, 42 million people are going to to bet on the game, something yeah. like that here in the states. Not not surprising. I don't know. You want to make a prediction now? Or you want yeah. To uh, let's make them while we're here. While we're here, we'll front load the show. All right. I'm, I think, listen, about a week ago, I was thinking Kansas City fairly handily. I, I've changed my tune a little. I'm still picking the Chiefs, and I'm going 24-21. Wow. Uh, you know, you and I spend way too much time together because my my prediction was going to be Chiefs 27-24. They're both good teams playing well at the right time, for sure. The 49ers got a little lucky with some Dan Campbell – bizarre coaching um but the lions were really good and the 49ers definitely are in that you know like feeling they could win any game but mahomes whom i know you're a big fan of he just he's like irrepressible it seems to me no matter what the situation is he can come up with a play um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen you know we've all seen him. He throws. He sometimes will throw a pass with his left hand. Yeah. You know, to to you know to avoid a sack, and sometimes even com- completes that pass. I mean, he is, uh, you know, he is a superstar quarterback. You know, on the other hand, uh, you know, Brock Purdy has been more than serviceable. I think we need to stop talking about him of being you know about just being a game manager and being a leader. He's He's demonstrated, you know, time and time again, just by virtue of the fact that he's gotten him to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I would agree. He he has the he has the ability to make some plays. They have a obviously an explosive running game, so that helps as well. All right, well, we we did that. Uh, one other Super Bowl thing I wanted to talk on that kind of gets back to the business side and the advertising side is the use of the Sphere. Now, the Sphere is this new entity. You two is. Uh, in a in a show there now, and it is an MSG run property, uh, and it is we saw its kind of debut as a really strong sports advertising vehicle during the Las Vegas Grand Prix in November, and they have made that vehicle available to NFL sponsors for exclusive rights to ads, meaning they weren't selling it uh, to other people, and the demand was very very strong. So, for instance, T-Mobile, which seems to sponsor everything in Vegas, um, uh, didn't get the uh, crack at being on that. It really is a pretty dynamic advertising vehicle. How much they'll go to it, how much they'll show uh, during during the game, I don't know. During the F1 race, it was visible quite a bit because they actually had the circuit run with the sphere inside it. So it got a lot of attention. It's a really, really cool advertising mean uh, or mechanism. You know, during the week, I think they're running between a million and two million for, you know, a run on this thing. And it's completely creative and comprehensive what you can do on that. You can really bring something to life. Yeah, I haven't seen it live. You've obviously been out there, um, but it just looks spectacular. You know, I have on uh, Boomer and Geo, the WFAN uh, talk show every morning. Um, And they they show us what they call establishing shots of Vegas. and. it's just phenomenal what uh, you know what what uh, what it can do. I got to you know to your point. I think a creative person has got to be unbelievably uh, stoked if they get to create something that's going to run on the sphere. Obviously, this week is dominated by things going on in um, uh, in the NFL, but the major media news uh, has broken, and wanted to get your thoughts on it, kind of just touch on it, and you know with the with 
cord cutting continuing and, and, and people trying to figure out the best way to monetize various streaming service, the announcement of an ESPN, Fox Sports, and Warner Brothers Discovery partner, streaming partnership um, for sports is just, I mean, massive game changer potentially uh, in the world of sports and what this means to finally maybe breaking through to moving more things to, to, to the streaming side of things becoming really the dominant way of, of how we may consume sports uh because obviously they're you know they're kind of the bigs right um and the amount of content that they already have wrapped up in rights across that um, collection of sports brands is pretty amazing so this is truly truly game-changing um i i think as to uh you know as to how how deals are going to come what it means for things like your prediction on you know investments into various other packages we'll we'll see but um uh, it's just it's it's pretty pretty remarkable yeah you know it listen i think if you're a media company right now you've got to think about the future and the future is in streaming whether or not this is a solution i don't know um listen there are three great players you know enormous players right disney fox and and uh, warner brother discovery right you got bob Iger, you got lachlan murdoch you got david zaslav right three, these are three titans in the media industry but you listen to some people who follow the media industry on a daily basis, guys like Andrew Marchand at, uh, at The Athletic, and they don't necessarily think this is the solution for cord cutting, right? Uh, I think Marchand said something to the effect that he thinks that this package, if it ultimately goes through, will be about $50 a month, right? Which is not insignificant, um, but if you think about ESPN, Fox Sports, uh, Warner Brother Discovery Sports. It's uh, it's not a lot of money, but his point was that you can get for seventy two dollars a month. You can get YouTube TV, which gets all that stuff. Plus, it gets um, plus it gets all the other non sports content. So, so it'll be interesting to see. I think there there has to be a solution because cord cutting is not going to stop. I just don't know if this is is it. Right. Yeah, and I think it's going to factor into what the you know the next wave obviously of these of these deals is going to take the shape and what they're able to do and whether they're wanting to do deals um, with uh, the YouTube TVs of the world uh, so I think I think we could see some more significant changes on in that regard um, but I do think you're right those are there and they now are um, you know over the air I did that in air quotes because that they're, they're available over the air, mm -hmm. uh, but of course, most people acquire them or, or see them through a bundle or a virtual bundle like YouTube TV. But, you know, the, it's just changing so, so rapidly and it's exciting time. But as a consumer of these things, you know, we all want to know what it's going to mean in terms of what we're what we're paying and the subscriptions that we have to take on to, to do it um, and so forth. And, you know, and then the wild thing is, is after years of saying that they don't want to really get into the into the live streaming of sports you know netflix has made some forays in here recently with the wwe um, uh, package as well as doing some of the events off of their uh, other properties that they've touched such as tennis events and, and racing meets golf events and things like that so you know that's an interesting one to watch i think the the, the thought is and by the way the fact that you got marshawn left the post to go to the athletic you were totally up to date on that, my friend. Well done. Well, um, you know, because that's what you do. That's, um, that's right. But is Netflix emerging as the, kind of the ultimate entertainment streaming package when you have all these other ones? 
and then this becoming kind of the ultimate you know, sports package, you know, portfolio of, of sports content. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's safe to assume right, that this isn't actually a prediction, but maybe it is that over time, right, virtually everything will be available through streaming, uh, perhaps exclusively through streaming. Number one, number two, a couple of big players will emerge as the behemoths, right? Uh, but most importantly, the consumer is going to continue to pay more and more and more over time. Right. There may be a there may be a, a time for the next couple of years where there are great offers, right? Similar to what the gambling companies are doing now to, to gain customers. But ultimately somebody's gonna have to pay, right? And that that person is gonna be the is the consumer, the sports consumer. They're gonna pay and they're gonna pay more and more. Um, if I'm a property right now, I'm really excited, right? Because I know that my next Media rights deal is going to have so many different potential suitors out there that I can go after, which is going to drive, you know, rights fees higher and higher for the foreseeable future. Well, yeah, I, I think the thing that will be interesting, because now we're in this stage where, you know, so many things are moving there, where that's that's a foregone conclusion that that streaming is part of it. And the question is, is, is the monetization both from a subscription and how does advertising then factor into that? end up being something where the pro where the where the distributors that are bidding on these packages which is what the properties to your point are salivating about are able to do the math and make that up based on on the numbers right now it's just a high and there's like let's get the right formula and push it out and and obviously there's some investment there but you know we'll know that over the next few years as some of these deals take place and and uh you know what what they're able to report in terms of numbers but it's just you know the media always is and how it's distributed is always to me kind of the leading story in our business uh in that it's about how it's consumed i mean yes the live experience hopefully never goes away it's a it's a wonderful piece of this but that's not necessarily where the you know where the where the weight of it is and in regards where the big money of it is it's on these distribution rights and can the can we keep it afloat so everybody kind of continues to make the money and the, you know, or the owners seeing that continued realization. I mean, it's, it never seems to go down. The valuations of the teams never goes down. These rights deals never seem, the big ones never seem to go down. Uh, it might mean that some people aren't getting deals that where they think they should because there's so much money in other places, but the right, the big rights deals never go down. It's in some ways, I've said this for years, it feels like it defies a little gravity when numbers you know, aren't, aren't there as much as they had been. But then again, you, you know, you look at the NFL and they continue to deliver those big, strong numbers. So listen, the health of, I'm not happy to say that, you know, it feels as though we're at a pretty healthy place still in sports, despite all this, you know, I, I guess I'll say upheaval or disruption, which, but, but disruption, I think in a cool way, because we have to see where all this settles. I won't go so far as to call it a tipping point, but I think that, uh, the, the playoff game between the Dolphins and the Chiefs being streamed exclusively on Peacock was a very telling moment, um, you know, for the, for the sports industry. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, we all bitched and moaned a little about it, right. For, for a few seconds. I didn't because I get Peacock for free because I'm a Comcast because I haven't, I haven't unbundled yet. I'm too lazy. Well, I was speaking on behalf of those that were bitching and moaning. So I yes. did, you know, on this podcast, no, I, I did some bitching and moaning for them a little bit. Yeah, no, well, you know, 
since when does uh, does my bitching or moaning ever depend on me actually having a a standing, as they say in the legal system? <laughs> <laughs> right. What else? Um, I want to talk about something that Phil Mickelson recently said. He came out and said that he had he has had over the course of his career has had forty seven holes in one, and on the surface. You know, if you do in competition, sort of, in competition, no, no, no. Over the course okay. of his life, right? Um, I think he's had five on tour events over the course of his career. So forty-two outside of professional tournament competition. So if you if you think about, I don't, I haven't, I haven't done a back of the napkin math, but the guy probably has played. He's what fifty-one years old. If he's been playing. Since he was 10 years old, you know, 41 years, 200 rounds, how many holes is that? It's it's possible. But I'd, I'd love to have like an actuarial or a statistical sort of probability of that happening. Because I think Tiger claims to have had 27 over his life. And so your point being is that Tiger's career was better than it seems. I, I, there, I am not the only one. I, I will I say this. I'm not the only one questioning Phil's. Right. I would uh, say this. I mean, listen, I guess it's. I guess it's certainly possible and it's, you know, shorter side of the game. So who knows uh, the holes? I, I, listen, I've had a hole in one in my life. I had one. Really? I had one, which means that a professional golfer, I think having anywhere between 20 and 100 would seem potentially logical if I could get a hole in one. And it was complete luck, by the way. My, I was playing with my brother and he, he claims it was one of the worst shots he's ever seen. And he's not totally wrong. It was a thin little skull over water. The only thing it did was go straight. It didn't do anything else, but it hit the hole and dropped it. So it was a hole in one. Getting a hole in one by the way. It counts. It counts. It was a one on the card. It was yeah. I saw I saw a hole in one. I was and it was at a uh a par three course here in Summit and where I live. And uh the I want to say it's uh the sixth hole. It's the longest hole on the course, about 120 yards. And I was playing with this kid. He was probably 14, 15. And we teed off and, you know, we were walking up and found my ball. Couldn't find his ball. Couldn't find. I, I looked in the hole. It was there. I started jumping up and down. And the kid was like, yeah, give me my ball. Like he had done it every day. Right. Yeah. And I was like, you got a hole in one. Yeah, it, it, it was that Phil Mickelson that no. you have to see. No. no, but apparently Phil took the credit for that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it it reminds me of some of the uh, other great sort of um, pronouncements in oh, the history of you, sports. Are you going to go Will Chamberlain here? Oh, <laughs> I was going to bring it up, but I thought I didn't know how to like move on from that so i decided that was, the first, that was the first thought that came to my mind will chamberlain famously claimed to have slept with over ten thousand women um you know I, you know i think he fell asleep in the la forum once and he counted yeah. that uh, he counted all the fans that were there um but yeah that was that was one but the other one is kim jong-un um, and I don't know if we have any listeners in North Korea. We are a global property. We know that. But Kim Jong-un um, shot a 38 under with five holes in one in one round. But wait, yeah. it gets better. It was the first round of golf he had ever played. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I have heard that story. I hear he's a great marksman, too. At the age of uh, like two weeks, apparently, he was able, something like that. Anyway, 
Uh, we don't have any listeners in North Korea, but that's only because they do not make us. They make sure we're not available um, there. And it's probably good because we'd probably be dead. So we, uh, yeah, 38 under, five holes in one. Did I ever tell you the story that I was actually in the same building with Kim Jong-un once? And you may have also. I don't know. So 1998, Chicago Bulls are playing in Paris for the McDonald's championship. Oh, that's right. So were, yeah. you, were you there? I was not there. I was not okay. there. My friend John Lewicki was definitely there, I remember. Okay, so I was there on behalf of my client, Lucent Technologies. Uh, we were in the arena. And if you recall that Kim Jong-un um, has, a, has a bromance with, with uh, Dennis Rock. And what, what I read was that Kim Jong-un was a young student at a boarding school in Switzerland um, and was a huge Chicago Bulls fan and was, was at the McDonald's championship games in Paris in 1998. So I was a young kid, first real sports marketing job. Of, you know, getting to go to Paris is pretty cool. But I was in the same building with Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Um, I was also uh, sitting right behind or right in front of Cheryl Swoops uh, because there were a bunch of WNBA players uh, over there. And, and she was so tall that she was uh, that her knees were hitting me in the back. So I did not know that the well-known bromance between Rodman and the dictator from North Korea went back that far. That's where that that's apparently where it started. That's where they that's where they fell in love, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he actually got to meet him. Um, but two two uh, anecdotes that came out of that. Number one, because I was working with Lucent Technologies, we were installing um, phone service in a number of the NBA executive suites and also Michael Jordan suite. Uh, and Michael Jordan suite, I can uh, attest because I saw them both was bigger than David Stern suite in town. <laughs> Uh, but um, Michael Jordan was famously asked uh, what he wanted to see while he was in Paris and said to a reporter that he wanted to go see the Luge. It was uh, it was October, so I don't believe there was any snow. So I yeah, think he meant the, the Luge. Well, hopefully he got to one of those. Yes. Um, yes. yes. So one other, you know, one other thing I'd like to bring up, um, you know, because as we like to say, uh, sometimes cynical, sometimes Irreverent. Irreverent. Yeah. Uh, Peter Thiel, uh, one of the founders of PayPal, uh, big time supporter of conservative causes, billionaire, um, has come up with the idea of the enhanced games. Uh, his idea is to have an Olympic style competition in which all of the athletes um, are on performance enhancing drugs. I think in the history of bad ideas, this would make them outrush more of bad ideas. This is the baddest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's a I, Saturday Night Live skit, literally, right? Where, you know, right. John Belushi smoking and eating donuts. Yeah, <laughs> just one of the top five all-time SNL moments. But I mean, listen, I, I think it's probably a little worse than just a bad idea. I mean, you can talk about things that you know—is there—is there a market for it and all that? And, you, and and if the performances, I guess, are breaking, you know, all kinds of records or, you know, other otherwise unenhanced records, then you can see there being some potential interest. But what I would see is that the attention would be is like, is something bad going to happen? Right. And then to me, the other piece of it is, is just what it says to young athletes. And so you could you could argue, as Jose Canseco has tried to do ever since he stopped playing that people should be allowed to chemically enhance 
performance. So you can say there should be something that says that's not necessarily cheating. It's just everybody's doing it. Yeah, it's well, just, listen, it's, it's, I, I, I don't want, you know, I don't want Jose Canseco on my debate team or defending me in court because I think that argument is ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous, too. I'm not I'm not saying it's not. But the worst part about it is putting them out in front of so many people, particularly with today's social media environment and what it means to young athletes potentially starting and finding an easier path to some kind of fame or success as an athlete and what that does or can do to those that have studied it and say it's pretty bad burden on the body is that's to me the evil part about this. So I think it's beyond just a kind of, well, that's a dumb idea because I think it has potentially seriously bad ramifications. It's also illegal in many states, if not all, right? So yeah, I, I just think it's almost that it's almost out of the Elon Musk book of look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm going to say something completely, uh, you know, ridiculous and explosive that people are going to have to respond to. Um, yeah. So I, I just I wanted to mention because I just thought in the history of bad ideas, this is this is right up there with me wearing jeans and a jean jeans jacket in college and thinking I looked cool. Yeah. Otherwise known otherwise known as a Long Island warm up suit. Yeah. You probably look pretty cool. <laughs> it had its time. <laughs> no. No, I got pictures. Uh no. I had a mustache. I look like an IRA terrorist, quite frankly. <laughs> you wanted to talk a little about some uh NHL sponsorship news? Yeah, I think like uh the NHL announced that it, its sponsorship revenues were up 21%, which in any marketplace is great. And they've got over 75, um, I forget the exact number, but it's over 75 league-wide sponsors that are either U.S., Canadian, global, or international, which is just unbelievable. And big shout out to you know a former guest on this show, Keith Wachtel, who heads all of uh, you know, revenue generation for the NHL, you know, just done an outstanding job in a league that, you know, continues to grow and maybe doesn't get the recognition that it deserves, right? Because it's not as big as basketball, baseball, and football, and maybe doesn't, you know, have the sizzle that soccer has had recently with the World Cup and Messi and so forth. But, you know, they they continue to grow. They continue to put a great product on the ice. You got young stars like Bedard, um, you got some of, you know, that what, what the, uh, what the Oilers are doing up in Edmonton is just unbelievable. They're on the cusp of, you know, setting a record for most consecutive wins in the NHL, you know, just a great, you know, just a yeah. great sport. I, I agree. They're doing some really good things. So we, I mentioned John Lewicki earlier in the show, he's handling things on the international side. Um, it's the number is actually 74 is what the report said. Um, and, okay. and what, I'm sorry. And when no, and, and what's interesting about that, I think, is they actually lost a couple sponsors, but have, have created such a great pipeline of people coming in. And the NHL is an interesting property because there are some sponsors that that are looking to it because it's a great opportunity in Canada. But I think they're looking to expand those that are marketing throughout North America, and then obviously kind of on a global basis because there are certain pockets of the uh, of the world that, um, uh, in, in you know, in addition to Canada and the U.S. Uh, Europe, in particular, Russia, um, that really are passionate about the sport. So it it, it is exciting to see. They're just off their All Star uh, break. Another great show. Uh, they do the big event weekends as well as anybody. Uh, did it in Toronto, obviously. You know, one of the true homes of the of the sport. 
Did you did you catch the Michael Bublé stuff at all? Somebody told me he or somebody told me. I heard. I think it was on Boomer and Geo that he was tripping. He well, he on, claims on he was. On he, was he was definitely goofy, and he said, "Man, the person that gave me these mushrooms, something like this." I'm paraphrasing, Mr. Bublé. I did but not hear the interview on him. He's a Canadian, loves the sport. Right. Um, you know, Bieber was out too, as well, another Canadian artist. Um, wait, wait, and wait, wait, what? You, you yeah, used, you used the phrase art. Artist don't, in the same sense. Don't, 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 you're, 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 you're coming at me on the beams. Wow. Wow. Anyway. Um, uh, pop musician, icon, uh, <laughs> tattooed, or man child. I'll take any one. All of right. Those back adjectives. to Buble. Off of Bieber, back to Buble. So Buble shows well, up. All you got to do is mention uh, Josh Groban. And you <laughs> um, so he's. he's He's at a press conference and it's an official event and he's talking a little goofy, but then he goes, he, he makes some reference like the guy that gave me this microdose said it was just to kind of, you know, call me or something. And he goes, and it definitely it has done more than that. So yeah, he was basically tripping, which will do nothing but great things for Michael Bublé's career. Yeah, I 70, 70 it'll be way cooler. Yeah, It'll 70 million blue-haired women are just going to totally embrace him now. <laughs> you know, it's, well, I, I, it's I think that he's yeah. fan base. Anyway, listen. Yeah, well, uh, listen, if he uh, wants to help his career, he needs to date an NFL tight end. I don't know if he's gay. I just want to go back to one more thing. We were talking about Peter Thiel. There is, I do believe there should be one exception, right? If you can win any event based on speed um, or strength, when you have cannabis THC in your bloodstream, I think you should get two gold medals. I'm just going to go out. I'm just going to go out and say that. That's my only exception to that. And it is legal, by the way. Yeah. So yeah, no, I I don't know why, but the NHL All Star Game is the only one I I really enjoy, despite the fact that they don't play defense. I don't know why. I just do. Well, listen, I, again, going back to they, they, they constantly up their game on the challenges and the various mm -hmm. other activities they do. They're just in all the leagues do a nice job on this. But I think the, the NHL has stood out in their special events, um, their Winter Classic, their their uh, stadium series events, uh, their Heritage Classic. So they've just they, they've they've done a really and the All-Star game, of course. So yeah. that's yeah. awesome. And congrats on it on another great season for them. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. some great great hockey played between now and the end of the year. Yeah. So listen, let's take a break. We'll come back and uh, tell you what we're focused on, and maybe make a couple more predictions. So we're back. Um, this is part of the show where we look forward. I think it's no surprise that we're looking forward towards the. Super Bowl. Um, but David, I think you wanted to talk specifically about Super Bowl advertisers. What are you looking forward to on the uh, on the broadcast? So, Tim, I always look forward to the advertising at the Super Bowl. I think most of us in this business do. And it's really one of the great parts about Super Bowl. It expands the audience. It gives people another reason to watch. Uh, and there's all kinds of things, even this year with the Taylor Swift news and we sit around and eat a lot of food and it's a holiday here, you know, in the United States, of course. So 
But there is an ad that I haven't even seen yet. I haven't seen a trailer of it. I haven't seen it released yet. I've just heard about it. That might be the most exciting ad I think I've ever been ready to hear about or see. You may recall last year when I judged an ad that you didn't think was on par with the great of the E-Trade ad, but it's an E-Trade babies ad. I love the E-Trade baby ads. I can't get enough of them. But they're doing one, apparently, where they're talking about pickleball, trashing pickleball. And I cannot wait to see that ad. I just have to tell you. So that's what I got on my top list. I'm expecting big things out of that ad. What about what about you? Well, I, listen, I always love the E-Trade e spots uh, with the baby. I didn't think last year's was as good uh, because nothing beats Shankopotamus. <laughs> nothing. Nothing in the history of advertising except potentially. WhatsApp. So I'm looking forward to uh, the return of the Clydesdales. Um, not necessarily because I, you know, uh, I, I like to have my heartstrings tugged on, but I do believe, you know, my prediction will be that it will win the USA ad meter. Um, but I'm also looking to, there's a, a funny spot. I've only read the description about uh, for Uber Eats with uh, Jennifer Aniston, um, Victoria and David Beckham, which I'm looking forward to. And, um, you know, Bud Light continues to lean in and, and try to regrant, uh, regain whatever ground it may have lost over the last couple of years. Um, so they're going to be in, in the game. So it'll be interesting to see see that as well yeah hey before we go there you know listen there have been so many stories since we last recorded uh but with super bowl this week obviously it kind of dominates uh, a lot of the cycle uh but man we could have gone on with a lot of other stories i do want to touch on i'm i'm in london right now um heading back to um watch the super bowl with family uh on friday but i've been over in the uk for for quite a bit and um most of you that listen know that i work um, very uh, deeply in the Formula One space uh, for MoneyGram. The the news since the beginning of the year, we we covered the fact that Gunther Steiner um, was was let go from the team to lead the team that I'm very involved with, MoneyGram Haas F1. But one of the biggest stories in motorsports history, for those that are fans, certainly, the move or the announcement that Lewis Hamilton was going to be leaving Mercedes and going over to Ferrari in 2025. Um, was a massive story, is a massive story. And then uh, news of an internal investigation against Christian Horner, the team principal of, of Red Bull. Just a lot of news, which, you know, around this sport, which kicks off in a couple weeks in, in Bahrain. Uh, but we have a big event coming up um, uh, actually tomorrow. It will have happened by the time this airs. Um, and so that is the main reason I've been over here. Uh, but we'll report on that um, uh, after the fact. But that's another thing that I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, I think uh, Lewis Hamilton's move from Mercedes to Ferrari is is akin to you know Babe Ruth going from the from the Red Sox to the Yankees, or um, you know Brett Favre going yeah. from the Packers to the Vikings. Yeah, it's indeed seismic to this sport and the domino effects that it or the domino effect that it then causes on other driver signings. A ton of the drivers deals are up after 2024 uh, anyway. So there's going to be all kinds of jockeying and positioning. But it, it listen, it's it's something in overall good for the sport is a lot more eyes are, are on it and interested to follow how things go this year. How does Carlos Sainz perform in his last year of his contract with with Ferrari before Lewis Hamilton takes a seat. Um, it's just going to be, it's going to be really cool. So I'm pretty excited for the season, I have to say.
Yeah, no, no, no less of an expert than Steve Laletta, former guest on this show, who's president of 2311 Racing, obviously uh, in the NASCAR world. But he he believes that it's going to be a good season in Formula One too. He thinks that you know uh, Max Verstappen's uh, performance last year was sort of once in a lifetime thing, and it will be more competitive this year. I certainly hope so, right? I hope so for the sport. I hope so for the other teams, uh, including yep. certainly most uh, most importantly, MoneyGram Haas F1 Racing. Well, thanks, Jim. Um, did I say that right? You did. Yeah, I, you know, I, I try to, uh, try to say it like a driver would, right? Get the, get the sponsor's name right. Thank you. I want to thank Pizza Hut. Uh, I want to thank Little Lord Baby Jesus. All right, Ricky. All right. All right. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I want to give a shout out to NASCAR uh, before we leave. I know we're, we're, you know, we're like the guests that won't, won't go home, but. Um, NASCAR had the clash scheduled for Sunday in Los Angeles and Los Angeles got the pineapple express, which was dumping, you know, ton, you know, a month's worth of rain or six months worth of rain, whatever it was over the course of 24 hours. And NASCAR was able to move up the clash from Sunday to Saturday. Um, I can only imagine the logistical nightmare of making that happen, but they did. Um, and they were able to to get it in. Uh, it was a fun event, and now you know they're all the haulers are heading either directly to Daytona or back to the shops, and then down to Daytona. And a week from Sunday, we'll have the Daytona 500. So kudos to NASCAR. Yeah, they they definitely um, they definitely pulled a quick maneuver there to uh, to make that happen. So uh, agree. So, all right. Well, listen. We want to thank everybody for listening. Um, if you like what you hear, please share us, like us, comment, subscribe. Um, we will talk to you next week. We'll be back with our thoughts on the Super Bowl. Until then, he's DP. I'm McGee, and we'll talk soon. Yeah.